At 11.40 p.m., the Titanic made contact with an iceberg in the North Atlantic Ocean. Many artifacts were found and restored, like parts of the ship, jewelry, and dining plates, to name a few. It took approximately three hours for the ship to be completely submerged in the remote icy water. The night was cold and very much alive. The orchestra was playing music as they enchanted the guests on board. Everyone was excited to arrive in America. It was still considered an amazing feat for a ship to cross the Atlantic back in 1912. But as the day went ahead, there was an atmosphere of impending doom for the captain and his crew. No one else felt it though. It seemed to them nothing could possibly go wrong and this would just be another regular night. To them, the Titanic was unsinkable. The last thing on your mind when thinking about the Titanic is the mail crew. Yes, there were mailmen on board delivering mail to America. It may seem like a pretty mundane occupation, but there was a very tough test to pass in order to be accepted on board. And only a few top candidates would qualify, and those few would get shortlisted and accepted. John Starr March, an American, was one of these mailmen earning between $1,000 to $1,500 a year working on the Titanic. Back in 1912, this was considered to be a lot of money. They were not officially part of the ship's crew, since the mail crew was placed near the third-class quarters. But given their influence and resistance, they were eventually moved and given a private dining area. March got this job since he needed the money to support his family. He found a perfect way to earn some big bucks, working on a large ship traveling across the ocean. He was 51 at the time and came from New Jersey. Sadly, he was on board when the ship sank and didn't make it. But they recovered a pocket watch that gives us a little insight into what happened that fateful evening. It's a gold case engraved with filigree and had a caption saying it was made by the Elgin National Watch Company. On the surface, you'd think this would just make a pretty cool antique sitting over the fireplace, but there are some unusual details about it. There are obvious signs water seeped beneath the glass, and the black arms of the watch indicate the time to be exactly 1.27. It leaves us wondering why the clock stopped at this precise hour. What was the owner doing? The mail clerks were operating a fully functioning and efficient mail sorting facility on board the Titanic. This wasn't something you'd come by often on a cruise ship, since typical ocean liners use closed mail bags to transport the mail from one port to another. But the mail sorting facility on the Titanic allowed passengers to send out postcards whenever the ship docked in transit zones in Ireland and France. According to reports, people started heading back to their rooms at around 11 p.m., but some of them were still hanging around and enjoying their night. The five mailmen were celebrating a colleague's birthday in their separate dining room. Five minutes before impact, crew members spotted the iceberg and rang the bell three times as a warning that something was ahead of the ship. They gave orders for the Titanic to move left, or as they say in the biz, hard a starboard to make the engines reverse. It was not enough to avoid the great impact. At 11.40 p.m., the Titanic struck the iceberg and disaster erupted on the inside. Not just water seeping in and ultimately sinking the ship, but panic and chaos among the passengers and crew members. 
Captain Smith reached the deck and was informed that the Titanic had hit an iceberg. And at the same time, the mailroom began filling with water. We know that the 880-foot ship was completely submerged at around 2.20 a.m. with 706 survivors. The time between the impact and the sinking was really eventful. At midnight, they started getting the lifeboats ready for the passengers to evacuate. Orders were given for women and children to board the safety boats with some crewmen to guide and operate them. The problem was that the 20 safety boats available could only host 1,178 people out of the total of more than 2,200 passengers on board. March and his colleagues began sorting out the mail. There was chaos in directing and ordering around. With each second passing, icy cold water was filling the ship. 15 minutes after midnight, Captain Smith ordered his crew members to send out a distress signal. Even though SOS was established earlier than the Titanic, many others used CQD. The CQ stands for General Call, and the D is Distress. The Frankfurt was too far away to help, even though it was one of the first to respond. Even the Titanic's sister ship, the Olympic, responded, but it also was too far away. At 12.20 a.m., the Carpathia received the urgent message and redirected from its original course to help them out, even though they were 58 nautical miles away. Although this was some relieving news, the water kept seeping in at an alarming rate. It wasn't easy to keep everyone calm, knowing that the ship could be underwater in a matter of hours. At this point, many passengers were already on board the safety boats, waiting to descend into the water. The musicians on board began playing music for the ones still waiting. At first, they were playing in the first-class lounge, and then they moved to the deck. There's a debate on how long they were playing for and what song it was. None of the musicians made it out. The five mailmen on board were also doing their duties while the ship was sinking. According to a ship officer, the mailroom was already covered in water above the ankles, and the mailmen were busy trying to save as much mail as they could. March was one of them. There were bags of mail floating around. They started with the registered mail. Witnesses of the Titanic sinking reported the mailmen were putting bags of mail on the deck to keep them from getting wet until help arrived. They also mentioned bags of mail were floating about in the freezing water. It wasn't until 12.45 a.m. when lifeboat number 7 on the left side of the ship was lowered onto the water. Even though it had room for roughly 65 people, only 27 people were inside. Many of the safety boats carried fewer passengers than their maximum capacity allowed. The crew were worried that the boats would capsize if so many people were on them. Some reports suggest that some people even refused to board the safety ships, sticking with the claim that the Titanic was unsinkable. At the same time, they fired up one of the eight distress rockets in the air, but it didn't get them any help. At 12.55 a.m., the second and third safety boats were descended to the waters with two male passengers jumping on board. Five minutes later, another safety boat was lowered with around 39 people. At this point, water entered the base of the grand staircase. In the next 20 minutes, more safety boats were lowered, most of them underloaded. Still no help. The Carpathia was still on the way. Panic was growing and tensions were rising. There was a lot of anger for people being left behind. 
at around 1.30 a.m., things were getting out of control. The organized boarding of passengers to the safety boats stopped. March's watch stopped three minutes earlier, which could mean he was part of the scuffle between crew members and passengers. It took three hours for the Carpathia to arrive. March wasn't among the survivors. His watch proved to be one of the essential findings lost in the wreckage of the Titanic. It was eventually returned to March's two daughters, and now it's in one of the collections of the National Postal Museum. March was a man who did what he had to do in the worst circumstances. Time was a precious commodity for the people on board the ship, and this watch proved valuable to learn more about the tragic yet inspiring stories of the Titanic.